Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Joel chapter 2 verses 18. Joel chapter 2 verses 18. Oh, Rico Shibrazalando Husta. My God. The Bible says, Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Tell somebody, God is jealous for me. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the prophet Joel, and some of you who have read that wonderful story and book of the man of God, he was set in a time when Israel was was depleted, praise God, but not quite to the degree of the book as he writes it. In fact, when you look at Joel, many of you will realize he prophesied more for the future than it was for the present Israel then. Even though Israel had its troubles, even though Israel had its calamities, even though Israel had its issues at that particular point, any scholar or reader of the Bible will know that Joel was more of a futuristic prophecy than it was for their time. Praise God. From Joel chapter 1 all through. Praise the Lord Jesus. Many things point more to a future event than the present issues, even though Israel was afflicted like normal people were. Praise God. And uh, when we come to that place of restoration, the Lord will be jealous for his land and pity his people. He was talking about the issues that had happened prior to that. If you read Joel chapter 1 from the 10th verse, he, 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 he says, The field was wasted, the land mourns, and the corn is wasted, the new wine is dried up, and the oil languishes. That's the challenge. That's the situation. Let's just say that was to happen, or was happening, or could happen, or is happening with somebody. Because the word of God, the beauty with it is it, it carries its, it, it, it's, it's ever new. That's, that's the essence of Logos. It's new today like it is tomorrow. Praise the Lord Jesus. And our personal experiences can only be the parts we share. But not the fullness of the conviction that we carry in our spirit. But even when Paul is writing the church, he says that you might not know my knowledge in the mystery. You might know my knowledge in the mystery. That you might understand what I know in the mystery. Praise the Lord Jesus. So we all carry different revelation about what God is doing and who God is to us. Praise the Lord Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. So we go back to John, uh, Joel chapter 2 where he was speaking. He says, I will be jealous for my people and I will pity. Uh, I'll pity my people. And the next verse says, the Lord, listen, will answer. And say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. Praise the Lord Jesus. I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, I want to show you how God deals with reproach. What is reproach? For those of you who speak Luganda, reproach is jive. You understand what I'm saying? It is something that, it's a negative story and testimony upon your life that keeps recurring and recurring in a present continuous tense. That you're almost convinced that your future is going to be the same as that. That's reproach. A negative testimony. A wicked testimony in your life. Some people have the reproach of disease. I know of a family where the whole family died of HIV. Number of kids. Had children and all of them contracted and died of HIV except one person. 
There was two generations of HIV. Reproach. Praise the Lord Jesus. I know families that carry the reproach of poverty. For you, poverty is not your individual, it's not your personal story, no. When you start narrating of poverty, you can go generations. You can mention all your grand-grandfathers, grandfathers, grandfathers. Even when you mention your name, it smells poverty. The... Hallelujah, somebody. Some people carry the reproach of rejection. Some carry the reproach of whatever it is. Praise God. There are families, some of you know you're in African culture, you understand this. That there are people, for example, who fail to go to school. Some, it is because there were no finances, and some of the finances were available, but there was something that just could not allow them to go to school. And that's reproach. There are people here who represent families that will never go beyond a certain mark. If you look at your family, your relatives, and lineage, you realize that there are certain things you'll never go beyond. You pray, you fast, you do everything, you go to prayer mountain. Some people think that by going to prayer mountain and spending weeks there, but adventure God will take reproach. Listen, I'm trying to show you how God takes reproach off a people. I'm trying to show you how God takes reproach off a nation. I want to show you how God takes reproach off an individual, off a family, off a company, off a career, off anything. Reproach is not your testimony. Tell somebody reproach is not your testimony. Yes, yes, it's not. Because it's the very reason why we are put to shame. Praise the Lord Jesus. The Lord wills not that you should be put to shame. The Lord wills not that you should carry reproach upon your life. The Lord wills not that you should not carry something like that is heavy and a burdenous thing on your life. It's not your portion. Of course, some people think, ah, you know, it is the will of God. I can be suffering, but you know, the Lord hasn't anything. You see, I'm suffering. No, 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 no. God wills that you may prosper in wealth, health, even as your souls prosper. That's the will of God concerning your life. He has ordained you to be happy. Tell somebody I'm ordained for joy. Say it again to the next neighbor behind or in front. Tell him I am ordained for joy. If your neighbor didn't say it, shake them and say I'm sorry, but I am ordained for joy. Praise the Lord Jesus. The Lord has not called you to suffer. He has not called you to suffer. Of course, there are doctrines in the church that are teaching, oh, you know, suffering is part of life. It is part of life. It is not part of the life. It is part of human life as we know it. But not Zoe, the God kind of life. No, 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 no. Praise God. Hallelujah. That is why me I tell people happiness and joy is a choice. If you choose to be happy, wonderful. If you feel that for you, you are called for reproach and, and turmoil, for suffering, dis, every dis, disease, distress, dis, everything, enjoy. Praise God. But as for me and my household, we have chosen the way of joy. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. God has not called reproach for you. And you must believe it in your spirit. That I'm not meant to be this way. Tonight I want to pray for certain people. Who feel like you're stuck in some way. That's reproach. That's reproach. That's reproach. You're not supposed to be stuck. Because you cause the eyes of men to look at you and judge you. And speak things they're not supposed to speak. Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh. Tell your neighbor nay. In all these things, nay. Praise God. Some people carry some, you carry something on your life. People have even made you a conversation. At first you didn't hear them, now you hear them. And somehow it's almost as though funny that the devil has intended that every time they speak certain things, those things reach you. Praise the Lord Jesus. You're passing on your own business and somebody's shouting, can you believe she's too old and she's not yet married? That's so fake. That is so fake. But that's a reality. That's a reality. That's a reality. Let me tell you, you can go in something on your life until you become a conversation, even in the wrong places. That is why men don't delay in saloons. 
But you find a woman, she even sits down and crosses her legs like this. Then she orders for fruits and juice. And then they talk. Men shout hallelujah. Praise God. Reproach is not your portion. Any form of reproach is not your portion. Hallelujah. Now, of course, there are various ways people have ideas and minds on how reproach departs off a people, off individuals. And some, it was probably a short fix. They went to a man of God and a man of God prayed for them and then they got out of poverty. That was, yes, wonderful. And say, ah, that one was lifted. But the question is, how was he able to get it off you? And what if he's not there tomorrow? What do you do? You have to wait for the man of God to come. You know, like one time somebody took a sick patient to a church. They were distraught because they had a very sick individual that needed help. And then they took them to the, to the, to the church. And, they, and, the, and the, the, this receptionist person says, the, the pastor's just left now for America. Now! I wish you came like two hours after. And the person took the person home for death. The man of God had left the country. Are you following what I'm saying? So because the man of God had left the country, this person had to die. Uh-uh. That is why we teach you. Whether Apostle Grace is there or not, uh-huh, praise God. You've got the way. You've got the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is why the church has to transition from what to how. Praise God. That's a land spirit. Land spirits don't ask what questions. No, they ask how questions. They don't ask what to do to heal. They ask how. Because the healing is guaranteed. But which way? Phronesis. Determining the mode of action because you behold the end in sight, which is the redemption of the Lord. That place where you know whether I, I swing my arm or I swing my leg or I send a hanky or I give anything, this person must be healed. I behold the end. It's part of the wisdom of God. Soonesis and phronesis. Soonesis designs the critic, it's the critical faculty in you that responds to divinity in line with God's necessity at that particular point. When you find a sick person, that thing that jacks in your spirit and tells you pray for them, that's soonesis. That's a wisdom. That thing that tells you take this way instead of going that way. That's Sunesis. It's a wisdom of God. Sophia is their mother. Praise God. Sophia, which is the general wisdom of God. She begets Sunesis, the critical faculty. And Phronesis, the thing that beholds the end in sight and determines the mode of action. That's called freedom. The, 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 the guarantee in your spirit to know that you, it's not only the, the, the fact that you can do the miracle. You can also determine how the miracle takes place. Praise God. Jesus finds a man who is blind. He spits on the ground. And then puts, you know, he, he molds some, some thing. And then puts it on a man's eyes. And that man sees. That same Jesus could have laid hands on the man. And that man would be healed. It's the same thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's the same thing. It's, it's, he gets to a point of liberty of spirit. That he determines how the miracle happens. He's no longer asking whether the miracle would happen. I don't know whether I have a witness. No, you no longer ask, you, 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 no longer, you no longer ask yourself how money should come. No, you determine how it comes. You don't ask yourself, what can I do? Look at this economy. You know, there are people who have tapped their destiny against the economy of Uganda. By the way, poverty in Uganda. Oh, so don't tell me. Praise God. You are in Uganda, but you are not of Uganda. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God, somebody. It's new and it is good. Good news. Heaven says something upon your life. But the ability to determine the miracle. That's why sometimes I heal with hunkies. That's why sometimes I heal with shadows. That is why sometimes I eh, do things when we go for conferences. Even here I've done. You know when I'm bored. But because, because, because you know, you know, tell your neighbor, because you know. 
So when I decree a thing, that's my phronesis in the matter. I'm saying I don't need to lay hands on you. I don't need to put my feet on you to get it. No, I've, I've declared it. It carries enough power to fulfill that which he has sent it out to fulfill and to prosper in the thing he has sent it. That same Jesus goes to a girl who is dead and tells her, Talitha Kumai. You don't see him praying, no. Little girl, come up. And a girl wakes up. And a Roman centurion comes and says, my servant is sick. Send the one and says, go. Your servant is made whole. And the guy is healed the instant hour. And yet in another minute, he wants to go to the grave of Lazarus and call him forth. Because he has the freedom to determine the mode of action. Praise God. One time I was at the airport going to preach. And they called me for a blind girl. We were on phone. I told her, in Jesus' name, just open your eyes. We shouldn't even, you know, it, it was a command. It wasn't a prayer. It was a command. Open your eyes and see. Oh my God, I see, I see. Bite. You understand? I didn't make it a big deal. But it was, it was a command. I told her, open your eyes and see. Open your eyes and see. That is boldness of spirit. That's what they call boldness of spirit. Boldness of spirit means you say a word with the knowledge that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that it must work. Hallelujah! So you say, okay, let us believe. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Okay, let us just believe God. You, you know these things of God. We don't know what. No, 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 no. You know. The Bible says he has made known unto you the mystery of his will. You know that he wants you healthy. Speak to that disease and tell him, hey! Praise God. One time I was teaching about phronesis. And there was a young man who, who was suffering with a, a stomach thing that the doctors had failed to, to, to heal. And then he comes and then that time I was teaching about that whole mystery of determining the mode of action. This guy woke up one day and he says, I'm tired of this stomach issue. I'm going to buy pork. Cook it the way I want it. And I believe that as I eat that pork, healing comes. I said, wow, this is beautiful. Dude cooked pork, ate it, and from that day, that was the last of it. So he came to me and told me, Apostle, this thing works. I just put pork in the stomach. Eat pork in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's called boldness of spirit. To simply know that it must work. To simply know that it must work. Then now the challenge is now, how do I want it? Do I want it well done or mildly? You understand? Eh? You determine now how you want it. Tell somebody, graduate into that. In the mighty name of Jesus. That it's no longer how, the, I mean, whether the deal will come through, but how it should come through. Praise God. That you can wake up in the morning and say, God, at 8 a.m. I must be called. And at 8 a.m. They have to call you. The man they call, I was waiting for your phone call. When can we start? That's a man of faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. They wake up one day and Peter comes to the man and tells him we need money for taxes. Told him, uh-uh, oh, boss, go to a fish. First fish you catch open its mouth, you'll have enough for you and me. That was our Lord saying, I can choose to get it out of my shoe like I can choose to get it out of a fish. Whatever it matters, it's the freedom of the redeemed. It's the freedom of redemption. It is the freedom of the saints. It is the freedom of them that have received this life to determine how you want it. Praise the Lord Jesus. And that's my portion. And I will walk in it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Back to the story. So God says, there is calamity. If you have read before earlier, it explains whatever's happened. What has caused it? If you go to Joel again, chapter 1, verses 4. The locusts had come. Praise God. He says, that which the palmer one has left the locust has eaten, and that which the locust has left, the cankerworm has eaten, and that which the cankerworm has, uh, has left, that the caterpillar has eaten. That means this, these things came to eat, literally. That, in that context, 
or in the context I'm trying to give here, it is there are different various kinds of attacks that eat your life, eat your finances, eat everything, eat your joy, eat everything that you know. You can mention whatever is being eaten. It's up to you. I don't know what is eating you up. Praise the Lord Jesus. So God, when, when, the, when his children are not well, he becomes jealous and has pity on them. And that's the thing I, I tend to tell people. Some of you are suffering with disease for nothing. The day you understand how jealous God is over you. Look at some of you who are parents. You know? The pain you feel when your child is in anguish. Now, if you can feel that pain when your child is sick, how much more? Jehovah God over your life. If you can lose appetite and sleep for the sickness of your child, you understand? Until you feel like you want to take their place. You don't want to leave their side. You want to do anything that you can in this life to get the life of your child. If you can feel that way for your own child, how much more? The define and definition of love. God wants you whole than you could ever want yourself whole or anybody whole. And he loves more than you could ever love in the flesh. Health is a jealous thing. Everything you're going through, poverty, God is jealous over you. When he sees anything that, that is not right, he's jealous. It's, it's out of jealousness that pity gets him. And I want you to understand how God gets pitiful with people. He doesn't pity you out of a disadvantaged position of, oh, my child, I wish I could help you. No, he can help. But more than that, he's jealous for you. He has a problem when something is not working the way it, it should. At first, he becomes angry because you're his child. And then out of that pity, somebody says, jealous for me. He's jealous for me. Praise God. He didn't want you to be compared to anything in this world. Anything in this world. He treasures you above all. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, an interesting experience. God says, I will answer. And this is how I'll answer. He says, I'll give you corn and wine and oil and you shall be satisfied. And after that satisfaction of corn, wine and oil, he says, reproach shall be carried from you. I shall remove your reproach from among the heathen. That means non-believers won't look at you and laugh. Have you been in a situation where Sam happens and and Mbu, he's Christian. Mbu, he's what? Christian. Some of you, even when you go back home, they say, nah, yeah, that fellowship where you keep going. Nothing has changed on you. When they tell you that, you also tell them boldly. You tell them, give me a while. Just give me a short while. You will see. But some of you say, Munange, even me, I don't know. Oh, no! How can you not know? You have an answer from on high. You know all things. Do you know why you keep coming back? It is because you find answers here. I think you cannot stop coming. Why? Because you find answers. Every time you come Thursday, you walk in, you get an answer. You are receiving a lively hope. And that hope never fails. It will change. Tell your neighbor it will change. I'm a believer it will change. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. So it's the three. The corn, the wine, and the oil. So I asked the Lord, what is these three? What are these three things? That if a man understands, according to your revelation, reproach shall be carried off him. What are these three things? And I realize that these three things are all revealed in the person of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. They are all revealed in the person of Jesus. John chapter 6, 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And he that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Praise the Lord somebody. And how many of you know that bread is made out of corn? It's the crushing of corn that makes bread. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. 
in Matthew 26, verses 27, he says, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. And the Bible says, next verse, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And the next verse says, but I say unto you, now listen, I will not drink henceforth this fruit of vine until the day when I drink it new with you in the Father's kingdom. That means that the, 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 the wine represented the blood of the covenant. It is the covenant. And what does bread represent then? Bread is for food. Somebody said hallelujah. It is for food. And in this instance, food represents the message. Somebody said hallelujah. So if a man understands the message, which is the bread, and this is grace, right here we're talking about. How many of you know that? Yeah. Why? I'll tell you. When he was talking about the Old Testament dispensation, he says that your father fed thee with that which is not bread. He says your fathers fed you with that which is not bread. They fed you with manna and they died. They ate manna and died. They ate manna and died. And of course manna was under the leadership of Moses. How many of you remember that? They ate manna and died. Now he says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread. I'm not just the bread. I'm the bread of life. They ate man and died. You will not die. The letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And the spirit is the doctrine and teaching of the grace. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why did they eat man and die? It is because they ate it under the law. That is why in the New Testament, yes, I'm called the hidden manna. It's in the dispensation of grace. The things the usual cannot access, you can access by grace. Somebody shout hallelujah. It can only be by grace for you to access what is hidden. Are you following what I'm saying? So the bread represents the food. Which food is the word of God? You understand? That's why the Bible speaks of how the man ate the word of God. And it was like what? Honey to the lips. Praise God. Somebody say amen. Now, the, the drink here of the vine represents the blood and that blood represents the covenant. That means if a man has understood the message of the New Testament, which is the grace of God, and that man has understood the covenant, the covenant under which they are under. Praise God. And lastly, Mark chapter 14 verses 3 and 9. Again, there's a typification there of the Christ. Why? Because he finds a woman in Bethany. And that woman, the Bible says, anoints his head with oil. He, he was at the house of Simon the leper. And as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box. Actually, Jesus is anointed twice. How many of you know that? He's anointed on the head and the second time on the feet. And, and those are the two distinctions of the anointing. I wish I had time to share that. The anointing that settles on your head is different from the anointing that settles on your feet. The anointing that settles on your feet is the distinctive mark of your ministry. But the anointing that, that settles on your head is the distinctive mark of your identity before God. See, it's one thing to be a minister, but when, you, you, when you're not, you don't carry a certain place. And I wish I had time to explain those two. But every individual must appreciate that the anointing for ministry is different from the anointing of the identity that you carry before God. This is for the assignment. This is for the establishment. Beyond earthly purpose. Some of you think that your story ends here. Uh-uh, it didn't end here. Our story continues. And I told people, you cannot have an infinite God putting in a finite body infinite things and you think that the effect of those infinite things in a finite body can only be relevant in finite time. No, what is inside me is relevant even when I'm dead. Somebody shout hallelujah. Even when I go to heaven, what I know shall be relevant. There's a reason why what he told me carries no end. He says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, it shall live and abide forever. He cannot give you something that abides forever and it's only going to be relevant in the, in the flesh. I believe we have something in heaven. I believe heaven is going to be beautiful for men who know. <laughs> Woo! 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Know those two anointings. Understand those two anointings. Separate what works in your ministry for service and the grace before by who by which you stand before God. Praise God, somebody. You're something without the ministry. You are a man of God without the ministry. You are a man of God with a ministry, but you're a man of God without the ministry. That's what differentiates a man of God because you can't be a man of God with God and you can be a man of God under God. Those are two different things. Those are two different anointings. You can function in the anointing of the gift on your life and it can be special on your life and it can take you places. But there's a certain thing, there's a certain grace that you'll, you will never you will never enter as pertains to the ministration of the holy things. You see, the things that, the thing, the ministry, the, the ministry, our ministry on earth is limited. Praise God. It is limited. What we are doing is small. Imagine you're crossing in heaven with an anointing, yet they're not going to be lame men. It has to be relevant. You see what I'm saying? Because you see, there's an end to every problem in the world. There's a person in the world who doesn't have one problem. And that man still needs to be ministered to a certain way. Our ministration is not what we simply do on the pulpit. Uh-uh. There are things that we transfer in a figure. Paul says, I have in a figure transferred these things unto Apollos. I in a figure. You see, your ministry is not what People see only physically. There is way more to that than what you see. You're something before God than what you see. Well, listen. If you want to guess the anointing on Paul, eh? look at a man who tells you, we, how be it? He says, this is now Paul speaking. To them which are wise and mature, we do impart this wisdom. Now, this is Paul telling you that there are people who are wise and mature in the world and we impart this wisdom. Now, who... Where are the people who impart to the mature and wise? Who are they? At what level are they? Do you get my point? He says, yet when we are among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, we do impart a higher wisdom. Now, he gets a man who is mature in understanding. And then he says, even to this one, I have a grace upon my life to impart unto him a higher wisdom. Who, which, who? What would you call a man who gives to the mature? That they might also hand it over to the faithful. How do you call that? Who is that kind of person? What do you think was on Paul's life? Why do you think that up to today, his letters have sufficed to be in this Bible and we preach them every day and every day they release another light. Yet he laid the foundation. And he tells us, take heed how you build thereof. He's not telling us just simply that we are prone to mistakes and errors. He's simply telling us that we must respect the responsibility upon which we build on men who had enough to impart higher wisdom to the mature. He comes to the church in Corinth. He tells them, you are enriched in all knowledge. Listen, in all knowledge. In all arteries. And he says, and you come short in no gift. Listen, next verse. You come short in no gift, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus. This is Paul telling them in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. He says, you come short in no gift. You're enriched in arteries. You, 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 you have all knowledge. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are working upon you. And then he comes to those who carry the gift, who carry the anointing, who carry knowledge, who, 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 who don't have anything lacking on them. They're waiting for the manifestation of Jesus. And he says, and when I came to you, I wanted to speak to you even as mature. He says, but I still found you babes in chapter 3, still unable. I hope you understand what I'm saying. The man is talking to have a knowledge. The man is talking to come short in no gift. The men he's talking to are enriched in all arteries, but he still finds them babes and carnal. 
So what is maturity? You think maturity is flowing in the gifts of the spirit? Uh-uh. That's the anointing of the feet. There is another one. Tell anybody there is another anointing. It sits on a man's head. That wisdom will be profitable. It will throw you in places eternal. And everything before you earthly and physical. Will, oh God. Oh God. Come up viva. Come up viva. I wish the Lord opens your eyes to see what I'm talking about. There's something more wonderful than a man walking. There's something more wonderful than a wonderful prophetic word. There's something deeper than the, the, a deep salmon. No. They... And it's hemmed in purpose. That is why when Jesus is talking about that woman in Bethany who brings that alabaster box and then she pours an oil on him. And the Bible says, uh, 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 and, 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 and there were some that had indignation with themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? And the Bible says, and for it might be, have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor and they murmured against her. And then Jesus said, listen, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Now I want to show you this. He says, Jesus said, let her alone why trouble ye her? She has wrought a good work on me. Not in, on me. And the next verse says, For ye have the poor with you always, and whatsoever you will, you may do them good, but ye have not me always. Right? And he says, She has done what she could, and she is come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. He's saying the anointing she's pouring on my head. He's deeper than anything you could ever buy. She, 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 she went into eternal plane and picked a time frame of history. And whether she knew or not, are you hearing me? Sunesis drives her to pour an anointing because she's preparing my body for burial. Because the day I die, when they come to anoint me, I will not be in the grave. Yet I must fulfill all righteousness as a man who came in the flesh. Did you get what I just say? Did you get what I just say? Because the, 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 the day they come to Jesus' sepulcher to come in, to, to, to anoint him as it was the culture of the Jews, to anoint bodies, they find the man is not there. Why? Because there's a woman who went ahead of them and anointed him in the way of burial because she designs in her spirit that there's something that might not allow occasion of this. That was expensive. More than feeding to the poor. That's why he tells them you'll always have the poor among you. Jesus is not saying that I'm insensitive to the poor. He's only saying this oil was not for the sake of the poor or the rich. This oil was a woman who was hemmed in purpose and will. She was, there's something on her life that caused her to see things many men don't see. And many of you might not know or even herself she might not know. But the effect of that in the next verse the Bible says, Verily I send to you. Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken for a memorial. She set up a mark in history that no man can ever erase. Many people don't talk about her because they don't even understand what it meant. Do you know what it means to make or do something spiritually? that is so consonant to divine will and purpose because it is going to provide for a future event of, divini of divinity that might not let happen according to the tradition and will of men because it wasn't meant for that, that when later they wake up to understand, it will blow their mind to realize that it was a downfall. It was, it was the only way certain things had to be fulfilled. What was on that woman's life? You understand what I'm saying? So, the anointing has levels. It has levels. Even our ministration has levels. That's why some people are simply fascinated by No, that's okay. We've, we've, you, it's beautiful. I'm not saying that it has Jesus himself did miracles, signs and wonders. Did you know that? He did many things. But you realize all the whole three, four gospels. Three, three gospels or four, whatever you want to call it. All those things you realize he's teaching more than he's healing. He's teaching, or oh, if he was healing, 
they take more account on what is taught to be kept for you than it is for the healing. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want to heal. It only means it's more important for you to see behind the healing, to go deeper into understanding why he did the miracles. All these miracle signs and wonders, they're there for people to get their attention. And when we have their attention, we can't give them miracles. We have to give them Jesus. Jesus is bigger than any miracle. He's bigger than any wonder. He is the wonder. He's bigger than any sign. He is the sign. Somebody shout hallelujah. And once you understand that, the miracles will not stop flowing. They will continue. It's not that we treat the miraculous light, no. But we put teaching above everything else. Because that is eternal life. That they might know that one true God and his only son, Jesus. Some people, that's why some people can't stand wholesome teaching. The moment they start teaching, I want to sleep. You understand? The moment they put music, they, oh, yeah, they dance. You understand? When the teaching comes, you, why? Because you're dull in the spirit. Be delivered right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. So, the bread is for the word. The wine is for the covenant. And the oil is for the anointing. And it says, when a man understands the message, and that man understands the covenant under which they are, and that man understands the, the Holy Spirit, the person, that man has received an answer. And all of this is typified in the person of Jesus Christ. He's simply telling them, I'll give you Christ. That is what he's saying. He's saying, I will give you Jesus and reproach shall depart off you in the mighty name of Jesus. That is why we got Jesus Christ. When Jesus came in your life, your life had to change. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Can I go a bit deep in grace? Now, I was reading some Leviticus 19. Verses 23. There was an instruction the Lord gave the, the children of Israel when they had entered into the land. Very interesting. He says, and when you shall come into the land, you shall have planted all manner of trees for food, that you shall count the fruit thereof as uncircumcised. Now I want you to listen to this. Three as shall it be as uncircumcised unto you. It shall not be eaten. He told them, when you get in a place and plant stuff to eat, for the first three years, that shall be regarded as uncircumcised. You shall not eat of it. The fourth year, the Bible says in the next verse, and in the fourth year, all the fruit thereof shall be holy to praise the Lord with all. That means that in, when you lift the three years of circum, uh, and, and circumcision, right? That means that that fruit is not in the covenant. There are, for example, things that as Fanero we are not doing because we have to wait for the three and the five years. You'll understand. But when, when, when you go, he says in the fourth year, all the fruit thereof shall be holy to the praise of the Lord. And the next verse says, and in the fifth year. Now, I want you to listen. That's the number of what? Hey, number five means what? Grace. He says, in the fifth year shall he eat of the fruit thereof, that it may yield unto you the increase thereof. I'm of the Lord. If I do this thing the way I understand it, watch what's going to happen to Phanero in the fifth year. Watch. 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 You will be here. Watch what's going to happen to us in the fifth year. Remember when we started Funero? Do you remember the first time I told you guys three years? And I said, what's, what's going to happen in the third year? Because I knew. I knew. I knew. There's a number the Lord has given me that is going to crown off that as we enter the fourth year. And I've seen it in the spirit. You understand what I'm saying? That's why you realize from chapter three, we've not gone to any other chapter. And there's a reason. Because I'm st we're still in the third year phase. As we enter into the fourth chapter, there is a number that the Lord gave me. And, well, you learned. <laughs> okay, sorry. But, but I know that once we hit that number, we're going to be entering another prophetic season, even as a ministry. Within the fifth year, we're going to see another thing. And it has to come. It has to come. It has to come, praise God. Now, back to Leviticus, right? It means... That for any blessing of God, whether he has given you anything, according to the children of Israel, they were not supposed to eat thereof until the fifth year, meaning the number of grace. That means that 
a man starts to eat thereof in grace. The moment grace is revealed, the man can eat. Right? Now, here's a mystery. The Lord realizes that these people are dying of pests. The locusts are killing them. The caterpillars are eating them. The cankerworms have consumed everything. The trees are eaten up. The, 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 everything has been consumed, like it says in the 10th verse. And then it tells the, 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 the priests to weep on the altar because everything has been wasted. Everything has been eaten by the locusts. And then he realizes that if he has to bless them, he realizes that there is a necessity for a crushing of sort. Okay, one, the crushing, and two, the time frame for the growth of these things. I'll give you what I mean by that. I mean to say, it means if he says, I've given you corn, that is grain, huh? I've given you wine, that is the vine, I've given you oil, that is the olive, you have to first wait for those five years for these things to grow. And when they grow, then you eat. Then what happens when you're hungry for five years? So, Jesus becomes the grain. He becomes the corn. He becomes the olive tree. He becomes the vine. Such that he doesn't give them unfinished products. He gives them harvested corn. Instead of fields. You understand? He gives them wine instead of vines. And he gives them oil instead of olive. He's saying, I want you to bypass the process of the crushing. For the olive oil, you need to crush it. For the grain, you need to crush. For the wine, you need to crush the vine. And he's saying, I want to save you from the crushing. He that knew no sin becomes sin. That we being dead to sin, live unto his righteousness. He's wounded for our transgressions. He's bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. That he might present coin, coin, sorry, wine and oil after the crushing of the olive, after the crushing of the vine, and after the threshing of the corn. He's giving you a finished product. Yeah, I know why some of you are not clapping. I understand. Okay, let me make it simpler. Because of Jesus, God wants to save you the toil and trouble to get to what he wants to give you. He wants to give it to you before you toil for it. He says, shall a nation be born in one day? Before Zion traveled, she brought forth child. Before she started crying, no. Before she started traveling. That means before you even feel pain, God will bring out so that you don't need to suffer for 20 years to get something. Do I have a witness? You don't need 20 years to be rich. You don't need 30 years of fasting to get a husband. You don't need 75 years of turmoil and stress to get into your miracle. You don't need 72 weeks. You don't need 35 hours. Oh no! All you need is Jesus. And he is ever ready. He gets the five years and... He begins from the end of five years and tells them corn is available. He's not talking about the fields. He tells them the wine is available. They don't even know where the vine trees are. He tells them the oil is there. They didn't plant houses they never built. Vineyards they did not plant. Without money they came and bought. The Bible says come without money and buy. And he tells them without money you can buy wine and you can buy milk. Because the price is paid. He's simply trying to tell you, you don't need to do much. Simply believe. Some of you think, ah, you know, you need to work for certain years to get to where I was. I say, uh-uh. One time I liked a nice car. So I liked a very nice car. It was a very nice car. I said, I love this car. So I was next to a certain man. He says, oh, don't worry. I drove an email at 40. I bought it the next month. 
I don't need to go to 40 to drive a certain car. I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen to me. You don't need to grow so old to drive a second. No, no. I have Jesus. He says, I shall supply all your needs according to my riches in glory in Christ. Don't worry. You'll get here. It takes a few years. No. How many men are in their prime years of life and they can't hold such a meeting? How many men are so old and they're still believing to see God? And for us, we are telling them we've not yet started. The one I invited in my heart is alive. I believe for you and me to enter graces beyond our ability. Receive it. Beyond our age. Beyond your education level. Beyond the continent where you live. Beyond the English you speak. Beyond the connection you have. Praise God somebody. Psalm 104 verse 15. He says, And wine maketh the heart glad of man. Why? Because salvation is come. He says, with joy, we shall draw from the wells of salvation. And he says, and the oil shall make your face shine. And the bread shall strengthen your heart. The olive is in the land, like the corn is in the land, like the vine is in the land. And that land is your heart. He says, guard it, for out of it are the issues of life. He gives you the word that you will be happy. Hallelujah. The word of God is supposed to make you happy. You're supposed to sit under a sermon and you go back home. Happy that you can. Praise God. And as the word of God is coming on your life, the anointing is making your face shine. It's placing a certain favor on your spirit and making you attractable beyond places you could ever imagine. It is placing something on your life. Men will look at you and want you. When they're looking for somebody to hire, they'll think of you. When they're thinking of somebody to promote, they'll think of you. When they think of somebody to, to show mercy, they'll think of you. When they think of somebody to remember, when they think of someone to pay, they'll think of you. The anointing is something. The anointing is something. One time I worked for a woman and she took four months without paying me. Four. And of all those months, I didn't mind because she was not my source. God was. But one time I woke up, that morning, that day, I just said, wait a minute. This woman has not, it was actually in the evening. An evening, about 6, 7 p.m. That evening, I said, wait a minute. Four months, my money has not been, because I never used to check. I said, for four months, my, you know, I was never conscious about those things in my spirit. I was never conscious. Never conscious about my pay. I was always conscious about giving because that's where the blessing is. It's more blessed to give, right? Now, I woke up that evening. Man, they're anointing. I just got disturbed. At night, I woke up. At night, about 2, 3 a.m. And I said, wait, wait, wait. I'm a man of God. I, in my bed, she was sleeping. I said, I am a man of God. The anointing of my life cannot allow you to delay my pay. Tomorrow morning, call me. She called me in the morning. It was 7.30, Grace. Where are you? I'm home. She says, come quickly. So I come to the office at about 8.39. Then she says, you came in a dream and started warning me to pay you your money. 
me, give me, I give you your money. I, I, she told me from 3 a.m. she fell to sleep. She even called me at 7 30 because she hoped I would be awake at that time. Praise God. This thing will shine on you and make you attractive to those who need to bless you. You will not look like a survivor. Uh-uh. They'll start looking at you and start devising ways to be a blessing to you. Take it. The covenant will make you glad. The oil will make your face shine. And the bread, which is the word, will strengthen your heart. It will strengthen your heart. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jesus came that you don't need to go through all that stuff that your fathers and mothers went through. That you'd begin from grace. That corn will flow without explaining how it grew. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. That wine will flow. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why in the 21st verse, he says, fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And the next verse says, be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth half fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. And he says, be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down from you the rain and the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the next verse says, and the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Praise the Lord Jesus. And I will restore you to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the kankawam, the caterpillar, the palmawam, my great army, which I sent among you. He shall restore the covenant. His body is a representation of that covenant. Praise God. When he died for you and I, he initiated us into the covenant. See, there are people who claim a message without the covenant. It doesn't work. You need the message and the covenant. And you need the oil. Raise your hands and speak to God. Something wonderful is happening in your life. You are doing something new Every day of my life You are touching me afresh Every moment of my life Lord, I believe Speak in other tongues Lord, I believe in you Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe in you, cause you are doing something new in my life. Good night. You are doing something new. Every day of my life, you are touching me afresh. Every moment of my life, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I You are doing something new in my life. Now I want you to raise your voice tonight and tell God things break off my life. I see reproach being carried off. The Bible says, and the anointing shall be broken. Public house! Somebody speak in other tongues. Speak in other tongues. You are not going home with certain things on your life. Reproach is lifted in the mighty name of Jesus. Speak in tongues. Shabakara. Power of the Ghost. 
God is not your story. I see God heal you of a disease that doctors have no answer for. Receive your healing right now. Right now. Somebody put up your hands. Put up your hands. There's an anointing coming right now. I see an anointing. I see an anointing. And the Lord says it's going to make you shine. It's going to make you shine. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh God. Oh God. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. it this is heavy. This is so heavy. <laughs> this is so heavy. Take it! In the mighty name of Jesus. This is so heavy. So heavy. God is going to expose you. Oh, 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 oh. He exposes you to the world. I see some of you crossing borders by the gospel. They're here. And that anointing comes now. You're crossing borders for the gospel. You're crossing borders for the gospel. You're pressing borders for the gospel. Start to bring them in front here. In my life, something falls on you this evening. You're going to look like you've just been hit. People are going to start saying, Where were you? Some of you people from foreign nations, strangers are going to call you with business deals, with ideas, with innovations, with a heart to save you. It's going to be so good to be true. Kings are going to call you. Oh my goodness this is so heavy this is so heavy this is so 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 heavy this is so 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 heavy 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 bring her here so so heavy come come put her that come here pow holy ghost Put it in the camera. My Lord! My Lord! My Lord! Sharabakota Lamando Zivakata. Shirakabatalabando Roboste. Shabrakorobo Zilemandoste. You're going to realize that the things you have needed have been looking for you. God is going to locate you. Men are going to Akaramando Zebakashe Reboste. Some of you, you've had great ideas. You just needed somebody to fund them. Some of you have dreams. You just needed somebody to see what is inside you. Something is going to hit you. In a few days, in a few weeks, you're going to land in places you least expect. Places men your tribe don't go. Men your culture don't go. Many your skin don't go. Many your blood don't go. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above that which you are able to think or even imagine. According to the working power that worketh in you, your life is going to change. Whatever you've been struggling with, reproach. Somebody put up your hands for the sake of your family. Mention the one thing you're tired of seeing in your father's house. Say it. He's living. He's living. He's living. Mention one thing you're tired of seeing in your father's household. Say we are tired of disease. We are tired of poverty. We are tired of sickness. We are tired of madness. We are tired. We are tired. Say it. Reproach lifts off families. You're going to see weddings. You're going to see jobs. Somebody's family. God is visiting your father's house because of your attendance tonight. Take it! Help that woman. 
you women who are married to demon spirits in whose families people don't get married right now in the mighty name of Jesus be delivered be delivered you people who come from families that have never gone beyond a certain limit of finances beyond a certain people in your family it's full of Islam and witchcraft it is changing tonight salvation is coming in your father's house Give the Lord a mighty, 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 mighty hand clap of praise. Come on, come on, come on, somebody. Clap your hands like it is done. Clap your hands like reproach. It's not your portion. Come on, praise him like you know what has happened. Thank you, Jesus. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest. Thank you.